of our Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago on Pentecost Sunday, God poured out his spirit on the church. Jesus kept his promise. I will be with you even unto the end of the age. And so he comes to be with his church by his spirit. And on that Pentecost Sunday, we read about it in Acts chapter 2, the, the glory of God descended upon the New Testament temple. Just like in the Old Testament, when the tabernacle was, was inaugurated, the, the cloud of glory descended upon it. When the temple was inaugurated, the cloud of glory descended upon it. And so when the New Testament temple built of living stones was inaugurated there on Pentecost Sunday, the cloud of glory descended upon it and filled it. And ever since that day, we, the church, have been and continue to be the temple of the Spirit of God. And we live and we pray and we worship in the very presence of God, more so, more so than the high priest experienced on that one day a year when he could go beyond the curtain into the Holy of Holies. We live, in a sense, in the Holy of Holies all the time. Now, when you look at Acts chapter 2, we read the chapter, and you see the first verse there. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. It was a Sunday. They were all together. Why were they all together, and what were they doing? And to understand that, we need to go back a little bit. And if you have your Bible handy, it will be helpful to look up the texts. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 the Lord Jesus risen from the dead just before his ascension. And the 11 disciples go to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And then look at verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, because I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a program for the reconquest of the world a program for the advance of the kingdom of God through every nation to the very ends of the earth, to the very end of time. All the nations, that's the ends of the earth. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's how long this program is going to last, to the very last day before judgment day. This is a program for the reestablishment of the kingdom of God. The kingdom that our first parents betrayed into the hands of the prince of darkness. And so, if you look at Acts chapter 1, you look at verse 6, <clears throat> just before the ascension, the, the disciples asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom 
to Israel. And the Lord Jesus replies to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but, look at verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. There it is again. A program for the reestablishment of the kingdom of God in all the earth, till the end of time, it is a Catholic program. Christ is king, not just of our little group gathered in this congregation, not just of our little federation of churches, not just of Christians, but Christ is the king of the world. He is the king of nations. He is the king of the universe. He is king of all of everyone, everywhere, every moment, every time, every age, Christ is king. And he ascends to the throne of the universe shortly after speaking these words. You noticed as we read in chapter 2 that Peter in his Pentecost Day sermon, he quotes Psalm 110, that messianic psalm, which speaks about the ascended and victorious Christ sitting at the right hand of the the Father in heaven on the throne of the universe. And the Lord says to him, sit at my right hand until I have made your enemies a footstool for your feet. And that until is a description again of that program of universal conquest of the kingdom of God. Positively, it means that more and more and more knees will bow and tongues confess that Jesus is Lord until one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And it also means that progressively the enemies of the kingdom of God will be destroyed until there are none left. And so that's what the Lord Jesus told the disciples. That's the program, but wait in Jerusalem because you're going to get power. You're going to need a lot of power to be participating in this program. So wait in Jerusalem till you are clothed with power from on high. And so they go back. They wait in Jerusalem. That's what they're doing when Pentecost Sunday arrives. So, but what are they doing While they wait. Well, look at verse 14 of chapter 1. If you have your Bible open, it's it's helpful. Look what they're doing as they're waiting. Verse 14, chapter 1 of Acts. All these with one accord, the disciples with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. Together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his Brothers, that's what they're doing. They're praying. They're praying for the kingdom and the power and the glory. All of them, men and women. It says, as as with one accord, gathered together as a group, not just individually off on their own, they're gathered together as a group, and they're devoting themselves to prayer. Powerful, strong word in the Greek. 
It means to persevere in prayer, to be constantly diligent in prayer, to attend assiduously to prayer, to be steadfast in prayer, to attend continually in prayer, to be steadfastly attentive to prayer, to give unremitting care to prayer. This wasn't an afterthought. This wasn't a few words to open or close the meeting. This is what they were dedicating themselves to. They were dedicating themselves to prayer altogether, all the time. And now look at chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. What were they doing? They were praying. Like I said before, they were praying for the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and it comes. And then they preach. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 11. When the Spirit's poured out upon the church, what happens? They don't climb the walls. They don't swing off the chandeliers. They don't go crawling underneath the benches, as I've seen in so-called Pentecostal assemblies uh, in, in Latin America, where apparently being full of the Holy Spirit means you do crazy things. That's not what they do. When they're full of the Holy Spirit, what do they do? Look at it, verse 11. They tell in the tongues of their hearers, the mighty works of God. And then in verses 14 through to 40, Peter preaches the gospel. He expounds the scriptures and he points his listeners to the Lord Jesus Christ. And thousands, look at verse 41, thousands receive the word, are baptized, and are added to the church. And what do they do? Look at verse 42. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread, that's the Lord's Supper, and the prayers. And so this is the dynamic of the kingdom of heaven. It is a virtuous circle or cycle. There is fervent prayer, unceasing prayer. There is dedication to prayer. And that leads to the, the pouring out of the Spirit and the gifts and the grace of God. And that in turn gives boldness to the church to, to declare the Word, to preach the Word. And that in turn leads to a gathering in of the elect into the church. And that leads to spirit-filled communion in the word and sacraments and prayer. And there we are at the beginning again of that virtuous cycle. Because the prayer in turn leads to more blessing of the spirit. More preaching. More gathering. More communion. More prayer. And so it goes on and on and on. And this is the way that the kingdom advances, brother and sister. The kingdom advances not through might or power of human beings, not through political activism, not through laws that we manage to get past to make people do what we want them to do or think what we want them to think. But the kingdom is driven forward by prayer, asking God for his grace and Holy Spirit and thanking him for his gifts. And you see that throughout 
Acts and the early days of the New Testament church. If you have your Bible open, Acts 4 verse 24, we see the same dynamic happening. The Sanhedrin warns the disciples not to preach Christ. And so what do they do? Look at verse 24. We're not allowed to preach Christ. We're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. They don't stand in front of the Sanhedrin with great big signs protesting and throwing rocks. But they gather together and they lift up their voices together to God, verse 24. And they quote in their prayer, Psalm 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Lord, that's what's happening right now. Gentiles and the leaders of the Jews are gathered together against the Lord Jesus Christ and against his gospel. But God, you are sovereign over them. So look at verse 29. Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Now, what's happening here? The disciples certainly had not yet read Lord's Day 48 because that comes a few years later. But that's what they're saying. They're saying, Lord, destroy the works of the devil and every power that raises itself against you and every conspiracy against your holy word. And what happens when they pray? Brothers and sisters, when God's people pray, things happen. Look at chapter 4, verse 31 of Acts when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Do you see the virtuous cycle there again? There's prayer, an outpouring of the power of the Spirit, and that leads to gospel preaching, to boldness in preaching the word. And that leads in turn to gathering in the elect into the church. And that leads to spirit-filled communion in words, sacraments, and prayer, which leads to more blessing of the Spirit. So how does the kingdom advance? What drives the advance of the kingdom of God in this world is intense, unceasing, Prayer of God's people. What would St. Albert look like if our church was devoted with one accord to prayer? What would the advance of the kingdom in our city, our province, our country and on the mission fields that we support, what would the advance of the kingdom look like if we were constant, if we were devoted, if we were unceasing, if we were united in prayer? Not in political activism, although that has its role in the Christian life in due proportions, in due measure, not in social media, 
but in prayer. Christ commands us to pray, brothers and sisters. He commands us. He commands us to pray, your kingdom come. And the kingdom certainly does come. And by God's sovereign ordination, it is driven forward by prayer. And we even see that in what's happening this morning here in this service. We will, by God's grace, be witnessing the ordination of new elders and a new deacon. And they are an answer to prayer. And if we remember Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul speaks about the offices in the church as, as gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the ascended Lord Jesus Christ poured out from heaven. And so today we receive men as gifts of the Holy Spirit in answer to prayer. Men who, although like all office bearers and all of us, they're weak and unable in themselves, by the power of the Spirit of God who anoints them in their ordination, by word and example, they show to us how to live as kingdom citizens, a life which worships and obeys Christ as king. And we see it, to be more specific, especially in the establishment, the institution of the office of Deacon, if you have your Bible open still in Acts, you look at Acts chapter 6, verse 4. The apostles, who, whose place will be taken later on by the elders, the apostles, they're so busy, uh, they don't have time to focus on the main things of their, of their office. And so they call upon the church to choose seven men, verse 3, of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, to help in the diaconia, in the service, in the ministry, the serving of the body. But look at verse 4. What will the deacons help the apostles to do? But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, it wasn't just the apostles that would pray. The whole church was praying. We saw that already. But the apostles and elders are examples of this. They take leadership. And so look at verse 6, Acts chapter 6, verse 6. Men are chosen, they're set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Now look what happens. What's the result of deacons being ordained? Look at verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. There's that virtuous cycle again. Do we long for that? Do we long to see that glorious dynamic of the kingdom at work in our midst, in our community, in our country? And on the mission fields? Do we, do we long for the increase of the church and the advance of the kingdom? Do we long for more submission to the will of God, submission to the King of Kings in, in our own hearts and lives, in our homes, in our families, in our congregation, in our community, in our city, our, our province, our country, and in the, in, in the world? Child of God, 
if we long for, if we pray for the coming of the kingdom, we need to understand that it begins with prayer. It is driven forward by prayer. Your kingdom come. What are we, what are we confess? What are we seeing? What are we praying when we see those words? We're seeing this. So rule us by your word and spirit that more and more we submit to you. Preserve and increase your church. Destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against you and every conspiracy against your holy word. And do all this until the fullness of your kingdom comes, wherein you shall be all in all. Brothers and sisters, when we are unceasingly devoted to prayer in this way, we can expect the kingdom to advance as the church is filled with the power of Pentecost. Amen.